Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heat Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach, so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. We talked about Adam the two weeks ago when we was hearing the questions, and we're kind of going through this thing, and I guess it's just a, it's a, it's a series when it's all said and done, but the questions of God. So I was going through it, and I realized, even in the question that he asked Adam, we talked about two weeks ago when he said that, God, Adam, where are you? And we know that he had, Adam had hid because he had, he had did what? He had ate the fruit, and he had hid from God, and, and so on and so forth. But then I was looking at it again, and I was like, oh, there's another question. Right after that, after Adam does what he does, God asks another question. And we've been saying over and over and over again that what? God doesn't ask a question because he don't know the answer. Don't get that twisted. God is God. He are, he's the author and the finisher. So he already know the answer to the question before he even asked you. Matter of fact, he already know that he was going to ask you and what your answer was before you even knew that he was going to ask you. So there's no trick in God. There's no, he can't figure it out. When he's asking a question, he's really saying, I need you to look inside of yourself and ask yourself that question. So therefore, you can do what? Find the answer. Amen. So turn to Genesis chapter 3 again. Genesis chapter 3. And I'm going to start at verse 9. Because we already talked about the previous verses. And then it says, but the Lord called to Adam and said, where are you? That's the question we dealt with. Then Adam responds, he says in verse 10, he said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, this is God, who told you that you were naked? That's the question. Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? That's a third question. But we're going to deal today with this question right here. He asked a series of questions to Adam. Where are you? We already dealt with that. Then he said, who told you that you were naked? And then he said, have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you should not eat? But we're going to deal today with the fact of who told you you were naked? And that's what God is asking you. Who told you that you were naked? Well, somebody already said, well, I'm not naked. I got clothes on. That ain't what God's talking about. Amen. See, what had happened? Adam was created in who? God's image. He created the woman outside of Adam. Pull them out, there. Be fruitful, multiply. We know the background. Be fruitful, multiply. Then, lo and behold, who comes into the picture? The serpent. 
It says that he was what? Crafty and subtle. Cunning. Crafty and subtle. Catch that. Crafty and subtle. Subtle. Meaning the enemy ain't going to always come into your life with a big old boom and bam and just knocking everything over. Sometimes he just subtly creeps his way in now. Kind of like a little roach in your house. He just, you don't even realize just suddenly he creep in a crack. Don't need nothing but a little small crack. You don't need a wide open door. You don't have to open the door wide to the enemy to come into your life. He just needs a simple little crack. And then it's, it's subtle. It's subtle. And then it says he's cunning. Meaning that, that he's giving you a con. Meaning he might give you some truth, but it's twisted. It's twisted. See, that's the only way you can con somebody. You can't con somebody with a complete lie. With a complete lie. I can't come and try to sell you the Brooklyn Bridge because you know that that's already owned by somebody. But I can come and say that, that I'm, I'm selling you an inscription that you can have engraved on a plaque and we're going to put it on the bridge. And see, you know that the truth is the bridge exists but you don't know the con is, I can't put no inscriptions on the bridge. But if, but so I'm taking the truth, but I'm twisting it just enough, and I'm playing into something that the enemy likes to do. I'm playing into your pride. Because you want to see your name up high. You want to see your name inscribed somewhere. So the enemy is able to play with that because the enemy can't attack nothing that's not inside of you. So if you're being attacked by something, guess what? It's inside of you. I'm just keeping it 100. It's inside of you. The enemy can't attack you with cocaine if it's not inside of you. If that predisposition is not already there. But if that predisposition for women is inside of you, then guess what? All it takes is a skirt. <laughs> That's all it takes is a skirt. That's all it takes. So he takes that pride, he takes that thing that's inside of you, that little bit of corruption that may be inside of you, and he subtly crafts his way in there. He subtly gets himself up in there. And that's what he did with the with the woman. And see, it was it was important that, that it was the woman because not to even speak on the fact, a lot of people took this thing and they ran with it and they was like, well, it's the women is all bad. And even Adam said, it's the woman you gave me further down the scripture. But, but we got to understand what really was going on. Adam was created what? In, in God's image. God is what? Spirit. Spirit. So if Adam was created in God's image, then what was Adam? Spirit. Spirit. So then God put Adam to sleep and pull woman out of Adam. What was woman? Spirit. Because if a spirit created something in his in his image, he created what? A spirit. And so if something is pulled out of that spirit, what's pulled out? Spirit. But what did Adam say? Flesh. Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. So he immediately took what God had created and he renamed it because Evidently, there was something inside of Adam that was predisposed to the flesh. Because the very first thing that God gave him that was supposed to be totally his, 100% his, he misnamed it. 
And he said, flesh of my flesh. So that shows where his mind state was. That shows what was inside of him. So it was very easy for the enemy to attack him. But the enemy couldn't come directly to Adam because Adam was what? Still spirit. Yes. So he came to the woman who was what at that time? Flesh. See, if Adam had named her properly from the very beginning, that could not have been no attack because the enemy cannot attack your spirit. Woo! Come on now. Your spirit belongs to God. Yes. Yeah. The enemy can only attack your body, your flesh, and your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. That's all he can do. He comes in subtly and craft-like. And cunning. He sets up shop. He cannot attack your spirit. Do not let the enemy think, make you think that your spirit is under attack. He won't attack your spirit. It's in the word of God in Genesis. You can read it for yourself. He came for the woman first. Because he knows if I can get to your flesh, then I'm gonna, it's going to bring it back to your spirit. I can't get to what God made you. I can't get to that potential in you. So I'm just going to interrupt it. I'm going to put some obstacles in the way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that flesh part out of you and make it rise up. That pride, that rebellion, that contempt, that confusion, that discord. Whatever little bitty thing inside of you, that offense. You get offended easily. Whatever inside of you, I'm going I'm to pull it out and I'm going to use that for the attack. That's right. That's right. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> and so that's verse number. What are we? Where are we at? Verse we verse number nine. It says, "But the Lord came there. Where are you?" Then he said, "He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked." There go Adam again, speaking out his mouth something. Mm -hmm. See, Adam didn't have it all together, right? Because it says what. That the power of life and death was in your tongue. Adam's tongue was off. But see, the whole thing is what happens is because I got to back up real quick. It says that we are born into what? Iniquity. How are we born into iniquity? Well, see, God created Adam out of the dirt. Out of the dirt. Whether you believe that or not, it is what it is. Ain't no interpretation. It is what the word says. Deal with, how, deal with your disbelief later. He created him out of the dirt. That's right. That's right. But the dirt was already defiled. That's right. Don't believe me? Go back to Genesis first, the very first chapter. What does Genesis chapter 1 say? What does Genesis chapter 1 say? I'm going to break it down for you today. Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse number 2, The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. Something happened between verse 1 and verse 2. Because the God I know is not going to create something in the darkness. He's not going to create something that's void. He's not going to create something that's desolate. So something happened between he creating the heavens and the earth and then it becoming void. What happened? The enemy was tossed down. And when the enemy hit the earth, destruction came upon the earth. So everything on the earth was at that point cursed. So when God came in and he scooped that dirt, he scooped the dirt of cursed earth. But he said, you know what? I don't care how cursed it is. I'm going to blow my breath of life into it. And when I breathe upon this thing, it shall not be cursed any longer. Amen. So he delivered the earth through Adam. Or at least attempted to. Because how many know you can be delivered, but if you don't repent, you still the same. Come on. Preach the word. Yes. All right now. 
See, the earth was delivered, but it never repented. How I know that? Because the way Adam is talking. Something that came up out of the earth, but was breathed on by God, but still speaking crazy. That's right. Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. You know who you are. At that point, there was no separation. God and Adam were still one. So how is it that you still one with God, you still hearing God, but when you see the very thing he created for you, you naming it something crazy. You shunning it. You really pushing it away. The very thing that God is sending in your life, you pushing it away. You rejecting it as a blessing and you receiving the curse. The devil is a lie. We'll take the things that God is sending us that's supposed to be a blessing and the thing that's a curse, we call it a, we call it a blessing. Blessings become curses and curses become blessings. That's called twisted. Or you want to call it, it's wicked. Well, I'm not a witch. I don't have callings. I don't do chicken feet. But you're still wicked if you twist it. It's like a candle wick. If you twist it, twist it, twist it, that's called a wick. And Adam right here was twisted. Because then he says... Because I was naked. And I hid myself. But then God comes in and says, Who told you? <laughs> you was naked. God already knew who told him. Right. Right? right? I mean, it's not a surprise to God. You can't sneak up on God. Right. If God happened to be a, a man sitting in the office with his back turned in his big leather chair, and you walk up in the office, and you think you surprised him, he already knew he was coming. Let alone already know you're standing there. You can't surprise God. But he says, Adam, who told you? Who told you that? Because it wasn't me. That ain't what I said. I never told you you were naked. You never even realized you were naked. And Adam still was messed up because he thought he was naked what? In the flesh. Because he did what? Him and his woman, they start to cover themselves. They cover their reproductive organs, thereby cutting off their reproduction and their very command of be fruitful and multiply. How can you be fruitful and multiply if you covering the thing that reproduces and you covering it with something that came out of the earth? So you taking what God is trying to give you to reproduce and multiply, and you cursing it. It might be tight, but it's right. But what happens here? See, something happened. If we go back to verse 6, chapter 3, verse 6, it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good, suitable, pleasant for food. See, there it is. Thinking stuff is suitable. Looking with your eyes. What your grandma used to say, your eyes bite off more than you can chew. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was delightful to look at and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise, to be desired. There's that, there's that desiring right there. Then it says what? To be wise. So she took of the fruit and ate. It's not an apple, people. Read the Bible. <laughs> took of his fruit and ate. And she gave also some to her husband. See, again, that's the way in. That's the way in. Your flesh, your desire, your will, what you want to do, what you thinking, what you got going on, your plans before God plans, whatever you got going on, all that 
is your desires and that's how the enemy finds his way in to yeah. your spirit. Yeah. It says, and she also gave some to her husband and he ate. Then verse 7, then the eyes of them were both open. Then. Then. So after all that happened, then their eyes were open. But how many know that even though their eyes were open physically, their eyes were never more blind spiritually? So see, what you may see is revelation. What you may see is, yeah, this is what I really need to do. This is how it's supposed to really be. I now see what I'm supposed to do. You might be the most blind than you've ever been in your life. Because the very thing you're looking at, you're thinking is your way out. Is just your way to destruction. All doors don't lead to destiny and prosperity in heaven. Some doors do lead to hell. And it says, then the eyes of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sold fig leaves and made themselves an apron. So something happened between, just like we had verse 1 and 2, something happened between verse 6 and 7. There was a conversation that went on between verse 6 and 7. Because it says she ate the fruit, and then she gave something to him, and then... They became naked. So what happened between verses 6 and 7? It's not in the scripture, but this is where you got to have revelation. And you ask God, God, what, what happened? There was a conversation with the enemy going on. How did they know that they were naked? How did they come out of this thing with their eyes so called open? How did they come out of just from eating this fruit? It's what God told them not to do. And all of a sudden, they got this illumination, so to speak. What happened? I tell you what happened. The enemy happened. The enemy spoke to them. The enemy was, at that point, he knew that, okay, I got my way in. Now I can not only speak to your flesh, but I can start manipulating and trying to deal with your spirit or more so deal with your soul. So that way I can have your will. I can have your emotions. I can have you all twisted up. How did he do it? He said, I can see the enemy sitting right there. He said, oh, oh you in trouble now. You done did it now. Because see, he cunning. He crafted. He'll pull you in, but then he'll choose you once you get there. That's right. It's like a friend saying, yeah, come and do this with me. Yeah, come on and hit this little lick with me. And what we used to say back then, hit this lick with me. I mean, you finna do some dirt. Come do this dirt with me. But as soon as things hit the fan, then they point the finger. It wasn't me. I was just in the car with him. So that's what the enemy said. He's like, it wasn't me. I just sold him the fruit. I didn't give it to him because he didn't. He just pointed it out. Ain't this what you're missing? So then he was like, he probably was like, you in trouble now? What do God think of you? What do God think of you? You ain't no longer worthy. See, what is, what's the hidden conversations that the enemy is having with your mind? That's the whole point. What's the hidden conversation that the enemy is having to your mind? See, he was telling Adam, he said, you, you weak now. You weak. You a failure. You fail God. You no longer worthy to walk with God. You you not. You spiritually void. You naked now. You should feel ashamed because that's what nakedness does. It makes you feel ashamed. So that's why Adam hid because he was ashamed. But more importantly, the enemy probably told Adam and the woman, God doesn't love you anymore. 
God doesn't love you anymore. See, what's the hidden conversations? What's the things that are coming into your ear gate that you allow the enemy to put in? Whether it's coming through friend, family, or foe. What it is that you need to know. Is it coming from God? Is it what's coming in through those hidden conversations? That's trying to manipulate you so that you don't meet your full potential. When one, when, when the enemy is saying that you too old or you too broke or you ain't got this and you ain't got that and you're going to always be depressed and people ain't going to always treat you right and that man ain't going to always dog you and they going to always talk to you like that. What hidden conversations is coming into your life to beat you down? To make you what you really are not? Because the real issue here was what? A lot of people think it was sin. A lot of people think it was sin. And don't get me wrong, God, of course, does not like sin. But the real issue, why he came looking for Adam, and why he said, Adam, who told you this? Who told you this thing? Because this ain't what I said. Why are you believing in what somebody else said and not what I said? This is not how it works. Who told you this? The real issue was not the sin. Because how many know God already could take care of sin? He knew what he built Adam out of. He knew that the ground was cursed. He said, you born into iniquity. He already knew that. You can't surprise God with your sin. That's why he already had Christ on the backside. Already waiting. So why the devil thought that he was cunning, that God, God was actually cunning him. Yeah, I'm going to pull you in. I'm going to make you do all this. Well, you think you're getting away with something, but all it is, you're just setting up the real one that I'm trying to get through. But because I'm God, I can't violate my law, so I got to bring in the Christ through man. So why you think you're getting away with something? And that's what some of y'all need to tell the enemy. Why you think you're getting away with something? Why you think you got a hold of my child? Why you think you got a hold of my job? Why you think you got a hold of my household? Why you think you got a hold of my situation? God is always up to something. But the real issue was here was, was not sin. The nakedness came from when he was ashamed. The real issue was relationship. Relationship. The relationship was broken. Even the Hebrew word for naked is a wrong. And it means to be naked or bare. But it also means to be cunning, crafty, and subtle. Hmm. Hmm. Did anybody light bulb go off just then? So he said, who told you you were naked? Because Adam said, I'm naked. God said, who told you you was naked? And we see the Hebrew word says, naked was crafty, cunning, subtle. Who was we already talking about prior? Who's like that? The devil. So what was Adam really saying? I am what? I am the enemy. I am the devil. I am like him. Yeah, you God, you created me in your likeness, but this is what I am now. And God said, who told you you was like the enemy? Who told you you was my enemy? Who told you you was my adversary? Who told you you was against me? Who told you that? Who told you that? Because that's not what I said. That's not, I, I put you privy to the conversation. You knew you was created in my likeness. You knew that you was created in my image. You knew that I empowered you to be fruitful and multiply. You knew that I blessed you. You knew all this. You walk with me every day. That's why I came looking for you. Who told you you was like my adversary? Mm -hmm. 
See, that's what God really is saying. When you sin, that relationship is broken and you become like the adversary. That's the real root, is the relationship. The sin is just the, the sin is the, the symptom or the byproduct. The real thing is the relationship. And what God is really trying to get to, he's saying, who robbed me? Who robbed me of my relationship with you? We used to spend time together. I used to talk to you and you would obey because Adam did obey in point. He said, Adam named the animals. Adam named the animals. He did everything God was telling. So God said, who robbed me of this relationship? That's what God is saying. Who what or who is robbing you and me of our relationship? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it your husband? What is robbing you? Who robbed you of the relationship with me? Because again, without me, you can be nothing. Amen. Amen. Who robbed you? Who robbed who robbed you? And, and therefore, who is robbing God? Who is robbing God? See, because what happened is Adam cared more about what other people thought. And all the other people at that point at that time was Adam, Eve, and the serpent. Because the serpent was not a snake. Again, read the, read the Bible, you know it doesn't describe it. But if you go into the Hebrew word serpent, it basically just means a delighted one. Delighted one. So it was a man. It was some type of being that came in. So it was them three talking. And he thought he had this illumination from that, but Adam started being concerned. He cared about what, what the woman thought, so he, he covered himself. He cared about what the enemy thought, so he started thinking in, in his mind uh, outside of what God created him to be. So he allowed these hidden conversations to come in. What are these hidden conversations? What is, what's talking to you right this very second, saying that uh, whatever he's talking about don't even make no sense? That's a hidden conversation because you got to hear what God is saying to you right now is that the enemy is for real, that the adversary is for real, and he will tell you that you are just like him, even though you know and you're supposed to be just like me. And that's what the enemy even used that cunning. He said, God don't want you to eat this because if you eat it, you'll be just like him. You'll be wise just like him. But you was already just like him. So really what the enemy was doing is, if you eat this, you're going to be just like me. Because I don't listen to God. I don't care what God got to say. I'm going to put myself first before God. I'm going to do what I want to do. It's my way or the highway. I do what I want to do and then see what God want me to do if it don't work out my way. Backburn. Backburn. That's a backburn relationship. Meaning you do your thing first and then if it don't work out, you say, God help me. God show me the way. No, you should have said that first. Amen. What is the hidden conversations? What is the hidden conversation? You got to he keep holding me right there because it's some hidden conversations. What, is the, what are you allowing to seep into your ear gate? What are you allowing to seep into your eye gate? It's the things that said the woman said she saw. She saw that it was good. What are you watching? 
What are you watching? That's why I don't even go to the movies and watch watch like scary movies or whatever. It's not that I'm scared. It's just that I know what am I receiving? What am I bringing in? And then I bring that mess back to my house and then it's able to come up out of me and live in my house. And it's came in invited. So now you're trying to fight something off that you invited in. My God. How can you fight what you invite? Even the world say you got to give a 30 day notice. You can't just kick them out because you invited them in. Or what you taking into your ear gate, especially the young people taking in with the music. Everybody just straight connected to the earphones and the, the iPods and all that stuff. But what are you taking in? What is it creating inside of your mind? What is it programming? That's why it's called programming. They have program directors. I'm a computer programmer. You know what programs are? They are a set of instructions for somebody to carry out who does not otherwise know how to do it. Amen. A computer is dumb until you program it. So that's what the enemy is saying. I got an empty, dumb vessel who won't think on his own, who won't have revelation, who won't seek God on his own. So it's an empty vessel that I can program. I can program it through TV. I can program it through music. I can program it through whatever avenue in the world that I want to get it to. And then we wonder why we have predispositions for things. We'll sit and watch all these shows that's got all this fake drama and scripted drama and they call it reality. Again, twisted. What's blessings is curse and what's curse is blessings. What's fake is reality and what's real like God has become fake. How are you being programmed with the hidden message? I asked Paul all night, we were looking at something and I was like, I just wonder how much of the subconscious stuff we receiving. How much are we really being programmed based off of what we not seeing? How much are we really being programmed? Because then we wonder how we have so much drama in our life. Well, you sit and watch drama all day long. And then the number one show, Scandal, where you got a glorified jump off trying to be take a position of a wife. Glorified jump off. What's a jump off? <laughs> I got kids in there, so you know. <laughs> and then we wonder why we can't have good relationships. Because you're being programmed. Because she's put out to be the hero. Everybody loves Olivia Pope. They root for her to take another man's wife out of position. That is not a God. And then they got the same one. She coming against the person. And now we look at the show. All you do is look at Facebook and you can see the show. You can see the show on Facebook. But they said she made this comment. She was talking about the two gay people who had adopted a wife and called that a godless relationship. But at the same time, you godless too because you're trying to take another man's, I mean another woman's man. And you the hero of the show. But then we wonder why our lives are so jacked up. The hidden conversations. What's that hidden stuff? What's going on between verse 6 and verse 7? What's going on between what you saw and then realizing you naked? Then realizing, you know what? God ain't in this with me. I thought God went, but somewhere he either left me or I left him. Well, we know he ain't leaving you. Because it says what? He'll never leave you or forsake you. So if God ain't around, then guess what? You run out of position. You the one out of position. The programming, hidden conversation. Turn, turn to Proverbs real quick. Proverbs. 
Because you got to guard. You got to guard what's going on. Proverbs chapter 4. For the sake of time, let's go ahead and read it real quick here. Proverbs chapter 4. And I'm going to start at verse uh, 20. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. Attention means attend to it. Mean be on the ready. When the soldiers say that attention, they ready for war. They ready for something. So he says, give attention to my words. Then he says, incline your ear. When you incline something, that means sit up. Not recline. Don't lay back on this thing. Don't sit back on this word. Even the word is coming forth out of the pulpit. See, some of us recline at church. And it's just like, oh, I just want to hear those talking. And get on through it and get on with it. Incline your ear. Sit up with expectation. God, what are you really saying behind the hidden message of what, what he's really saying? What is he, what are you, what are you saying in between the lines? That's what I'm trying to say. Read between the lines even of the message. And it says, incline your ear to my sayings. Then he says, do not let them depart from your sight. She saw something of the world. God is saying right here, don't let my word depart from your sight. Don't let it depart from your sight. When you got a situation going on, don't look at the situation for what it is. Pull the word up so that you can really see. Because then you'll think that you've been illuminated over here and you really just went blind. Because how many know that if you see too much light, that'll cause blindness? Incline your ear to, to my saying. Do not let them depart. Then it says, keep them in the midst of your heart. Of your heart. Your heart is basically connected with your soul. Which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Because then in verse 22, he says, For they are life to those who find them, and health to all their bodies. He's saying that his word, the word of God, is health, is life, is life to those who find them. Did anybody catch that? To those who find them. To those who find them. Meaning it ain't going to just fall in your lap. Revelation ain't going to just fall in your lap. Revelation ain't going to happen by osmosis. Revelation ain't going to happen by me speaking. Revelation happens by you listening to the Holy Spirit as I'm speaking. You listening to the Holy Spirit as you're reading. You listening to the Holy Spirit as you're praying. You got to find it. Find it means you got to dig. Dig, but guess what? When you dig for something, treasure is buried. So when you find it, you search for it. You got to dig for it. Then it says, watch over your heart with all diligence. You got to watch it. You got to watch what's coming in. You got to watch what's coming in. For from it flows the springs of life. Other translations say the forces of life. Meaning from your heart, or some other translations say the issues of life. So if you got any issues, anything, anything good, bad, or indifferent, it all flows from your mindset. Then he says, here it is, verse 24. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn the right nor the left. Turn your foot from evil. But verse 24 says, put away your mouth from deceitful things. What did I say in the beginning about Adam? Adam was 
speaking crazy. He was speaking out of his mind, so to speak. And even, even, even when we're talking about Ezekiel, when we're saying, can these dry bones live? God said what? Prophesy to it. He said, speak my words. So when you got a situation, you got to speak your words. See, even, even when this thing happened, Adam had so many times to correct it. See, when, when the, when the woman brought the fruit back, he could have said no. Not right now. I'm putting a stop to it. Uh, the, the God told us not to even touch that thing because it was the tree of good of knowledge. The tree of knowledge. Why God did not want them to eat from the tree of knowledge? Because he didn't want them operating on their own knowledge. He wanted them operating on his knowledge because that tree did what? That tree came up out of the ground. And what do we say about the ground? That the ground was already cursed. So he says, I don't want you to rely on my on, on the on the knowledge of the earth. I want you to rely on my knowledge. Do not eat from that tree of knowledge. But he still did. But when the woman brought it to him, he could have said, No, we're not supposed to do that. First thing he could have did. But no, he 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 took it from her and ate it. He could have stopped in. After he took it, he didn't have to eat it. He could have just took it. He didn't have to eat it. Then he ate it. Then, and it just kept progressing. Then he hid. He didn't have to hide when he heard God. Then when he God found him, which God already knew where he was, he just wanted Adam to find himself. Then he came out, and he could have did what? He could have said, you know what, God, I messed up. Forgive me. But what did he do? Blame. This, it was this moment you gave me. So now he's cursing the blesser. Because of his mouth. It was this woman you gave me. See, he had a deceitful mouth because now he was caught up in deception. And when you're caught up in deception, you don't realize that what you're speaking out of your mouth is deceitful because you think it's the truth. Because if you hear the lie long enough, you'll think it's the truth. And it'll manifest itself in your life as though it were true. And he says, it was this woman you gave me. So he's saying, God, you're not a blesser. You're a curse giver. Because if it wasn't for this woman that you gave me, I didn't ask for her. You gave her to me. You know who made her like this. Forgetting that it was out of him that she came. And it says, put away your deceitful mouth. In verse 24, Proverbs says, and put the devious speech far from you and let your eyes look straight ahead. There's that eye again. So he's saying, guard your eyes, guard your ears, guard your mouth. Those are the gates that the enemy comes in through your life. What you're seeing, what you're looking at, what you're hearing. Because you remember he said to Ezekiel, speak to those dry bones. And then he said that, that, that he went into and he spoke into the ears. And then we talked about the anvil inside of the ear. See, things come into your ear gate and you start believing what was a lie. And you take it for the truth. Turn real quickly to Luke, Luke chapter 6. I'm going to show you something right here. Luke chapter 6. We have to be careful of these hidden conversations. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says, It says in verse 45, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Yes. See, what's coming out your mouth 
It's what's in your heart. See, so you can you can you can tell what's you can tell a person's heart by what's coming out of their mouth. It says it right here. It says that the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings what's good. Now, what, what am I saying? I'm not saying that everything always is going to happen good to you because you speak good or that things won't happen bad because you don't speak bad. What I'm saying is, is that the general climate of your life, I'm not talking about your, your day-to-day weather. I'm talking about your climate. I'm not talking about how it's hot sometimes in the wintertime in December in Georgia. That's the weather. That's your day-to-day. Some days it's going to be worse than others. But I'm saying the overall climate of your life, the overall temperature of your life, are you negative or are you positive? Are you bringing forth good things or are you bringing forth the evil upon your life? Because, see, things can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Just like Job said, the thing I fear the most is now upon me. But he said the thing I fear the most so he was fearing it. He was creating that thing in his head because he was what? Being programmed. Being programmed. Being programmed. But see, lastly, to close out here, you got to realize what Adam didn't realize is who you really are. Who are you really created to be? Quit listening to the hidden messages saying that you are never going to be a mountain nothing. That you never going to, even if that voice was, 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 was true at one point, even if you was nothing before and you, you was out on the streets and doing dirt and all that, that was then. And you got to be like Paul and say, I have wronged no man. And how can he say that? He said, because the new person in Christ had not done that. You talking about that other person. I'm no longer that person. There will always be somebody who will try to remind you of who you used to be. But what you got to remind them is of who you were created to be in the first place. See, who I was created to be was a person who was, the, who was created in the righteousness of God. Who I became through my own programming was somebody who running the streets. But now who I have become is somebody walking with God. So if you want to remind me of my past, since we're talking about the past, let's go all the way back to, to the beginning where God knew me before I was even created in my mother's womb, where God said that I'm on the royal priesthood, that he watches over me, that God says that I am the head and not the tail. Let's go all the way back since you want to go back. You know, I ain't got no problem with you talking about my past, but if you're going to talk about the past, let's take it all the way back. Yeah, we can stop right here for a rest break, but let's keep on walking back to who God really said I am. Because the God said that I was created in his likeness and in his image. And God is what? God is love. So that means that I'm love. God is a supplier. So I'm a supplier. God is a provider. So I'm a provider. God is a healer. So I'm a healer. Whatever God says he is, I can be the same thing because I'm created in his likeness and in his image. So let's go all the way back. If you're going to have a conversation about the past, if you're going to have a hidden conversation, let's go all the way back. Take it all the way back so that you'll know who you truly are. Who you truly are. Turn, turn to Ephesians. And I'm going to close out right here so you can see who you truly are. Amen. Ephesians chapter Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Because I don't want I don't want you to just think I'm just speaking out of tradition. Because tradition will get you killed. But the word of God is what it said already. What will bring you life. 
you can't do stuff just because everybody else do it. Even if it is in the church, because sometimes they twist it too. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1. And it says, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. That's the first thing. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. See, I'm, 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 I'm interrupting the programming right now. I'm finna, I'm finna be like a computer programmer. I'm finna put in some code right now. Amen. Through the word of God. So, so, so let me plug into you so I can put them back in the day. You used to have a little floppy disk, but now I guess we got the USB drive. So I'm finna insert some things into you so you will know who you are in God. Amen. Verse three says that you are blessed who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So you are blessed. And those blessings don't come from man. They come from the Spirit of God. So don't think that a man made you when God is the one that created you. Amen. He didn't set you up. He the one, the man didn't set you up. He only operated the way God wanted him to, to bless you. It all comes from heavenly places. Amen. Verse number four. Just as he chose us. You are chosen by God. You ain't some haphazard creation. You're not some accident. Even though your mama said, I didn't plan you. That don't mean you was an accident. You might have snuck up on her, but God already knew. Amen. You are chosen. You are chosen. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So before even Genesis 1, it says in the beginning, God created heavens and earth. Well, guess what? There's a Genesis chapter 1, verse 0. In the beginning of the beginning, I created y'all. I chose y'all. I know it say don't add to the Bible, so that's just, that was an Antonio version Bible. You can't buy that one nowhere. But I'm just going in the line what it say. It said before the foundation of the world. Genesis 1-1 was the foundation of the world. So it had to be something again prior to that. Based off what I'm reading right here. If I'm wrong, y'all let me know. That he would be holy and blameless. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That he would be holy and blameless before him in love. Then... So that means we're supposed to be holy and blameless, holy, made whole, meaning we're supposed to be complete, nothing missing, nothing lacking, made whole, made made complete, blameless and spotless. Then in verse 5, it says, he predestined us, meaning there's a predetermined destination that God has for you. Your way has already been planned out. All you got to do is say, God, show me the way. But then more importantly, once he show you, you got to obey. It's, it ain't, it's one thing to know, it's another thing to go. A lot of us say, God won't give me no instruction. That's because you won't obey what he gave you in the past. He already told you to do something. Do something with that first and watch what he do with you That's next. Right. That's right. Why are you going to give it to somebody who ain't going to listen to him? Says he predestined us to adoption as sons. So he, we're, we're sons and daughters of God. We're in the family. That means that if you ain't got no family, your mom and daddy don't like you, your uncles don't accept you, don't nobody in your family accept you, you part of God's family. You are not an orphan. You are not alone. You have a family. This is who you are. Receive the programming. Then in verse 7 it says, In him we have redemption. That means that you have been redeemed. That means that no matter what you've done, whether you broke, busted, disgusted, out there selling a little bit to get a bit, it don't matter. You have been redeemed. Amen. 
You have been redeemed. What does redeemed mean? That means whatever you owe, you don't owe no more. Hallelujah. It's paid off. Meaning that you can't pay it if I sent you the bill. So just accept it freely. Then in verse 7, right here it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. That's how redemption comes, forgiveness. And then we skip on down lastly to verse 13. It says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, after hearing this message of truth, after getting your programming, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit. That's the final program instruction. You are sealed with God. You are sealed with Christ. You are one with God through Christ. Through Christ. So no matter what you've done in the past, remember we said in the beginning, the sin, yeah, he hates the sin, but the whole thing is, is because the sin breaks away your relationship. And what it's saying right there in verse 13, he says, through Christ, meaning the word of God, because we know that Christ is the word of God. It's not Jesus' last name. That's right. That's right. That's right. Don't believe me? John chapter 1. Read that. Verse 1 through 14. Figure it out for yourself. He'll show it to you. But it says, through the word of God, then you can be sealed. You can be redeemed. You can be made whole. You can be brought into the family. You can be blessed. So all the things that you've been programmed, it's time to deprogram, hear the hidden conversations and say, you know what? I'm not going to allow these conversations in my head anymore. I'm not going to allow the truth or the lie to come in like the truth. Everything that comes in has to line up with the word of God. Is that who God say I am? Then that's not what I am. I might be momentarily this way, but that's not who I am. See, just because I put on a Falcons t-shirt don't make me a Falcons football player. I can run out on that field all day long, but if I don't have the proper training, the proper equipment, the proper instruction, then I'm going to get taken out. So just because you put on things of this world don't mean that you are this world. You just kind of got a momentary insanity like the prodigal son. And God is saying, it's time to come to your senses and come back home. Because that's why you're getting taken out. Because you went out there, you put on the clothes of the world, you put on the drugs, you put on the sex, you put on the deception, you put on all this stuff of the world, and then you out there getting taken out. Why? Because you don't have the proper training, the proper instruction, the proper equipment. You're in a place that you're not even supposed to be thinking you something that you really are not. Thinking you are something that you are not. So God is saying, put on his clothes so that you would know who you truly are. Put on the clothes of the word. As we said, it said, it said, do not depart. Do not depart from his word.